the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Welcome to another edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. But as is very often the case this time of year, Bert is not in Tupelo, and I'm not in North Carolina, but we are at a gathering that you and I have done many, many years. It's called NRB, National Religious Broadcasters. And it is, yes. And uh, this year we're in Central Florida, Orlando. Uh, it's bigger than Orlando, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Now I've, I've come to Orlando several years ago, and it has grown. Used to it was just Cypress Gardens across the way, and then Disney World came. Mm-hmm. Universal's here. Legoland is around the is way. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so every, this is a gathering place, and so about once every five years or so, Orlando is the spot where NRB comes, so we're yeah. glad to be here. Well, you know, uh, I, I got here yesterday. I preached yesterday morning. Did you preach somewhere? No, yesterday? I did not. I was off. We came early, brought our grandson Caleb with us, Jan and I did. Wonderful. And we've seen every gator in central Florida. For, it, yeah, really? Yeah, they got gators in St. Augustine. They got gator land here and fascinated yeah. with gators. Yes. And uh, he's got a shirt called Darth Gator. Darth Gator. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. my favorite character in Star Wars <laughs> was Darth Gator. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to be in First John chapter 5 as we uh, are going through the wonderful book of First John. I've had an exciting day already. Um, I got interviewed by Family Talk, uh, Dr. Tim Clinton for James Dobson's Family Talk, and couple of other shows and tonight um do be in prayer i mean this is exciting abe hamilton is going to speak and then franklin graham and but this is you know there's a big poster of charles stanley who just three or four weeks ago went went to heaven and as you go in the lobby it says his calling remains our calling isn't it to preach the gospel to the world one of our heroes it's going on to be the lord dan celia I uh, yes. got to meet his widow, Yvonne, here. It was so good to see her and connect with her once again. But uh, Dan was saved listening to Charles Stanley. He pulled yes. off the side of the road and asked Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior. Changed his life forever. And now because of that, he and Charles Stanley are in heaven together. Amen. Well, and as you may have heard our testimony, when our farm was going bankrupt in 1985, my mother and dad, each in their 60s, they had had a salvation experience as teens, but they recommitted their life to the Lord watching Charles Stanley. <laughs> and this was before I knew the Lord, but I saw a change in my, in my parents, and it lasted till the day they died. The thing is, Christian broadcasting does touch lives, Amen. doesn't it? It does. And we have people listening right now. Uh, school's close to being out, you know? Yeah, and summertime. some of those kids are in the back seat right now listening, and uh, they're kind of excited this week, probably the last week they're there, you know? That's school. Memorial Day weekend coming up, so it's a good time. But we want to thank all of our listeners for 
you know, just listening consistently, and uh, we thank God for that. By the way, speaking of listeners, we're not going to do call-ins today. Right. Uh, it's it's a little bit more. We could, but it's a little bit more complicated being away. We're on the portable gear. Yeah, we are. Jeff McIntosh is, is reigning here Amen. in Orlando, roughing it for the Lord in Orlando. <laughs> and uh, Brent Austin is back holding it down at headquarters in Tupelo, Mississippi. Right. Well, you know, um, this morning I was walking around, and uh, see, NRB, there's publishers, there's broadcasters, a big part of it is the American Family Radio Network, and I saw Erwin Lutzer from Moody Church that we love, but you know, Bert, I have to tell you, walking across the the building here, uh, I'm going to say eight or ten times people stopped me, and they said, we love exploring the Word, Alex, we hear you and Bert, but we give God the glory. Now, I've got in my satchel over there a big, fat folder of letters and emails from people that listen to you and me, and uh, one man who said that he listens with his grandson, and, and I know he's wanting the grandson to hear the Word of God, but you know what it is? The, the Word of God is true for every generation. Jesus is risen. Jesus, to uh, quote that Andre Crouch song from the 1970s, Jesus is the answer Amen. for he the is. world today. Amen. That, that gets me excited. That's a throwback, brother. I don't remember it. You know, it's bad when you're in church and somebody says, man, I like those old songs, and you know when they were new. Yeah. You know, and oh, so yeah. anyway. But listen, I also want to give another thank you for Jim Stanley. Last Amen. week's, you know, pinch hitting for me while I was out and about. Coming well, to Florida and being here, being a he little bit of time off three with, days our, with, us. with Jan, my wife, and our grandson, Caleb. So it, I appreciate that. But you guys stayed in First John, did you not? We did, and Jim Stanley was awesome, as always, and he's such a blessing. But we're going to pick up at verse 11 today in First John chapter 5. And, folks, if, if you are just uh, getting on board with us in First John... Go back and read these chapters. They're not long. It won't take you a long time, but it is just so powerful. But first, let me, let me interrupt here and say that it is awesome to read all together, all four, all five chapters at the yes. same time. Try to put your mindset like you've never read them before, and it's the first time you read this letter from the Apostle John. Yes. I, I mean, I, I try to do that. And it really brings it alive greater to, for me that way. It works that best for me that way. Well, you know what? When I was br- a brand-new believer, Bert, in college, I was 21, and I had only been saved really just a few weeks, I suppose. But I read First John, and, I mean, it <laughs> deeply shaped me and still does to this day. Verse 11 of chapter 5 says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Bert, that's just really plain, isn't it? (laughs) I don't think it could get any plainer. It's all on Jesus Christ because he is the one that came to save. He is the one that lived that perfect life as a perfect sacrifice. He was the... uh, you know, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek mm-hmm. that offered himself. He offered himself as the sacrifice. And when he was on the cross, he would utter the words, it is finished or paid in full. Then he would be buried. And third day, he rose overcoming, I love to say this, sin and death. Now, what are our two greatest enemies? 
Sin and death. And he overcame both of them. And he still overcome them today, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for those of us who have trusted him. So I love that verse, verse 11. And this is the testimony. Here it is. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Mm. That is the testimony. That stands clear. It is precise. It is plain. There's no other way. There's another. There's not another route, another alternate route. No, Christ is the way. Amen. Have you ever heard somebody say, when they really want to emphasize something, they say, well, I just want to be on record saying <laughs> this or that. Yeah. Well, it says, and it's, you're right, it's the word testimony, um, in other words, guaranteed promise. This is the record that God has given us eternal life, and this is in his son Jesus. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to be on record promising <laughs> you, and here's the promise. If you have the son, you have life. If you do not have the son, you do not have life. So you might, the question would be asked, how do I have the son? How do I get it then? You Call out to Jesus. Put your faith in what he did on the cross and who he is. And, and listen, it's not so much the words, it's the sincerity of your heart. But if you say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I do believe Jesus is the Son of God. And when he died on the cross, he did that for me. Dear Lord, please forgive me and save me. God has promised. God is on record testifying that if you put your faith in Jesus, you do have eternal life. He has promised it on his own word, and there's no higher authority. There's, there's no other name that he could give that saying, this is by the authority I have. There's no higher authority than God. You know, the Supreme Court may make decisions. Eh, no, it's not the final authority. The president may sign edicts. That's not the final authority. The legislature may pass legislation. That's not the final. The final authority is in Jesus Christ Amen. and what God has said. And this is the testimony. This is the record that life is in Christ Jesus, and there's no other way. Alex, uh, that's pretty clear, and it's Jesus alone, not Jesus yeah. plus. Right. And uh, so it is he alone through faith alone. It, it is only through him that you can have life. And if there's someone who's listening today that needs help, there's, we have partners. We're here at the NRB with a lot of partners. Yeah. But there's a partner we have, Need Him. You can call 888-NEED-HIM. And there's people there that will talk with you, they'll pray with you, and they'll help you. Uh, isn't it great to have partners like that? It, it really is. And you know what? This Whether it's a church revival meeting or one of your uh, fishbowl retreats or one of our Truth for New Generation or coming to NRB, this is a little slice of heaven. And, and folks, this is why we, we Christians, we so need each other, because we have the same Savior, but we also have the same mission Amen. to tell the world. Now, I'm going to read on verse 13. We're in 1 John 5, if you want to follow okay, along. Okay, now this is the one, neon lights, underline, whatever you need. Verse 13, go ahead. I love this. <laughs> These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. Wow, I mean, that's an incredible promise. 13, 14, 15, okay, you can know that you have eternal life because you've believed on Jesus. And then you can pray with confidence and you can ask according to his will and 
says we have the petitions we desired of him. It means you can know, K-N-O-W. Certainty. Certainty. Why? Because God's word is certain. It is settled in heaven. Jesus is completed. You remember what he said? I have finished the work that you've given me to do. Amen. And then he went to the cross and he would say it is finished. Three days later, he has risen. Everything that was demanded, he is that perfect sacrifice that is needed. And when you trust him, you can know him. You don't have to hope so. You don't have to maybe so. You can know so. And so today, listen, come to Christ. Don't delay. Uh, don't, don't, don't put your faith in anything else because nothing else will take you home like like Jesus to take you home to heaven with him. It's a pretty good deal, Alex. Amen. This is Exploring the Word. And we're here at NRB, Alex and Bert. So stay tuned. We're going to come back in just a little bit and continue in 1 John chapter 5 on this edition of Exploring the Word. don't talk about every song that comes in, but when we fought, we fight on our knees. Amen. There was a group, uh, two guys, they said we're tall when we're on our knees. That's and, right. Uh, on our knees, we can reach further into heaven as we pray and seek him. Amen. You, you what know a, what? That's, that's, that's the confidence that we're talking about in verse 14. Norm Geisler, he's brilliant. He's in heaven now, but he said a Christian can see farther on his knees than a philosopher <laughs> on his tiptoes. Amen. Hey, this is uh, Alex and Bert. We're here in what we call the central part of Florida, Orlando, all around it. It's, it's a big area. But the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, is taking place each year. It's a little later than usual this time of year because it got all messed up in 2020. Something happened in 2020 uh, yeah. called a virus or something. It and was COVID, and yeah, it, it really it, did. But. And uh, still adjusting the schedules, getting back on track for its scheduling. But it is so good to be here. And walking and seeing people, and they're not necessarily wearing masks, we can recognize them. I no, sure we can does rec- help a little, doesn't it? It really does, and, and we're strategizing. It's a week of prayer and talking and meeting and really strategizing to get the gospel of Jesus to the whole wide world. Amen. Well, again, we're in First John. We're not taking phone calls today. We'll go through the whole thing. If you're worried about getting through First John today, we're going to go to Second and Third John. That's what we decided we'd do. Alex and I were praying about what direction we would go after Mark, and uh, we felt like John was the place to go. Now, I want to talk about this word confidence in verse mm-hmm. 14. Yeah. We, now, this is the confidence we have before him. The confidence is what we have, not in ourselves, but in him. It's in this relationship we have him that our confidence, it's not self-confidence, it's God-confidence, knowing that God is the one who has raised us up, who has put into us 
the Spirit of Christ, and that we can pray. We can seek Him. We can ask Him. But Alex, uh, we are to ask things according to His will, if I'm not mistaken. And doing His will and His purpose is what we're to do and what we're to ask God to help us do. So here, let me read these verses again, 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, is that important? I believe it is. Very much. He hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. Now, Alex, according to his will... Is there anything wrong? And I've heard people take me to task on this. Father, I pray that you would heal so-and-so, the person's name, and deliver them if it be your will. And they said, oh, you know it's God's will. Why would you add that? Well, I I just want to tell you, God used, let me see, according to Romans 8, 28, God takes all things and works them for good. So guess what he might take, that illness, Mm -hmm. that difficulty that someone is going through, and if they were to brought out of it too quickly, they'd just forget it and go on their way. But God can use that according to his will for our good and for his glory. Aren't those the two words, our good and his glory? Well, and you know, 1 John 3.22 that we were in a minute, uh, well, uh, a few days ago, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. God does answer every prayer. But is no an answer? No is an answer. And then very often I've heard Josh McDowell say this. God says yes, no, or wait for something better. And and you're you're right. The the burden that we so uh, urgently want to be out from under, God may use to teach us things. Listen, I have known more about God in the valleys in my oh, yeah. life than the mountaintop experiences. Yeah. Now, God has used both, and I praise God for those mountaintop experiences. But in those valleys of, of a dark night, I, God has shown himself faithful, Yeah. and I'm with you. And so, uh, Lord, teach me what you want me to learn while I'm going through this. You know, isn't it uh, true, this is not a perfect analogy, but um, in a meal— the dessert might not be the biggest part of the meal. In fact, it probably ought to be the smallest part because we need the protein and the nutrition. And, you know, it is the struggles of life, and God blesses us. Look, God is so good to us. He does give us mountaintop experiences, and he is so gracious and abundant. But the trials teach us things. D.L. Moody, and forgive me, I've quoted this so many times, but D.L. Moody um, in the 19th century, he had his share of struggles. He really did, not the least of which, which was finances because, you know, a big parachurch ministry with a payroll to meet, I mean, he was doing that 100 years before the rest of us. But he said um, during his struggles, especially money troubles, he said, it will do me good to be hard up for a while because it will drive me to my knees. In other words, in prayer. But uh, God does answer prayer, and God's a good God, and God always has our best at heart. And verse 15, as a born-again child of God, we have this confidence of eternal life, but we know the very same word for our knowledge of salvation. We also know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, and we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, 
You say, wait just a minute. I asked for X, but I got Y. See, sometimes God gives us exactly what we've prayed for. And then other times I think God makes us wise enough to ask for something even better. Because let's, let's always remember, our assignment is to give him the glory and to further his kingdom. That's the whole purpose of what we're to do. And we're to do that in our daily lives, in our family life, uh, in our finances, as you was talking about, D.L. Moody. And so we're, we're asking God to God guide us, lead us, and use us for his glory. Uh, the people that have really affected me the greatest are those that I've seen struggle and watch them come through it. Amen. They're, they're the ones that have blessed me, Alex, again and again to see that, no, it wasn't easy. It was not something that you do. Our founder, Don Wildman, listen, he had spent the night in his car in place of a hotel room because he didn't have the money in those early years. Yeah. Thank God we're not having to do that now. Yeah. But Don just saw the vision that God had for him. It was not easy. But he kept his eyes on the goal of a high calling in Christ Jesus. And, and God rewarded that and blessed that. It's not always easy. It is difficult. It's a, it's a hard path sometimes. And so here we find out that we ask him, God, do your work in us. Now, Alex comes to verse 16 and 17, and you come to some verses that are kind of uh, – we, we get – Quite a few phone calls asking, what do they mean? Would you read them for us? Uh, And this is deep, uh, 1 John 5, 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Okay, let's just... Uh, for one, let's try to see what this is not saying. Um, it's not saying, I don't think, that... And, and by the way, if you take all of the verses about salvation that we could, I'm not saying that this is, you could lose your salvation. But let me parenthetically say this, and this is a question I get when I'm on the road a lot. People, I think there are a lot of people, Bert, that have salvation, but they don't have assurance of their salvation. I agree to that. Because I've had people ask me this countless times. They'll say, uh, I'm a Christian. I'll say, tell me, how, how did you come to know the Lord? Well, I accepted Christ at such and such. I've been a Christian ever since. And, and then people ask me, they'll say, um, if, I, if I were to die you know, in a car wreck or something, before I could ask forgiveness for something I did, would I still go to heaven? And we talk about very often the fact that if you are a born-again believer, you've trusted Christ, positionally you're in Christ. So your sonship has been settled. Now daily you're a fellowship, walking with God. So this is not about losing your salvation, but I'm just going to lay this out there and I want you to comment I think what 16 and 17 are talking about, it is possible for a born-again Christian to get so backslidden, so carnal, doing damage to themselves, damage to their family, possibly doing damage to the testimony of the Lord. I think the, the idea of a, quote, sin unto death is that God prematurely takes out the life of a Christian uh, who just will not repent from the carnality that he has gotten himself into. 
I believe there's biblical evidence of this in the book of Corinthians. Okay. The book of Corinthians about some are asleep in Christ. Right, right. And they had taken it unworthily yeah. in many sleep. Uh, Moses, when he died, the Bible says that his eyes were not dim and his natural forces were, I love the way the King James says, were not abated. Yeah. In other words, he's as strong, so, kind of like what Caleb says, I'm as strong now at 85 as I was when I was 45, 40 years ago. Amen. Well, you know, God had given Moses a body not only to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, but lead them into freedom. But because of sin, of, of severe sin, he cut himself short. A sin yeah. unto what? Sin unto death. And I, I do believe that is the, uh, as best I can look at all Scripture and look at the evidence and look at the things that I've seen in the Bible, I believe that is correct, Alex. Uh, again, this this. This example is not nearly adequate, but, I mean, a coach knows when to take somebody out of the game. You know what I mean? Most of the time. Yeah, God well, always yeah, does. Yeah. The coach knows some of the time. Yeah, I'm but thinking, that's a good evidence. Yes, go ahead. I'm thinking of two people right now that um, I absolutely believe they were saved. They exhibited the fruits of the Spirit. I believe they were born again. I believe God used them. And I also believe that they died prematurely because of sin, knowingly getting deep in sin, and... Um, One that I'm thinking about was just a few years ago. That we used to see at this convention. Yes, we did. And uh, yes. so if a man sees his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and give him life for them that sin not unto death. In other words, all right, I think it's appropriate, and this is also, and I think it's Matthew 18, to go to a brother and take somebody and and to uh, ask and confront, then to pray for a person. See, conviction and repentance is a gift and a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Bert, I've prayed for people that I knew were falling into sin, and I knew there was going to be a lot of collateral damage, shall we say, and I've prayed for God to get their attention. Yeah. Um, there was a man that... C.S. Lewis was friends with named Sheldon Van Auken. My wife actually knew Sheldon Van Auken. He was a great Christian writer. And he talked about this. He wrote a book, A Severe Mercy. God has a severe mercy. And I, I, I truly believe the Lord, he tries to get our attention, maybe a little more forcefully. Uh, God doesn't want to pour judgment on his children. Look at the children of Israel. Look at the book of Judges. Here they were going strong, and then they'd forget God. When you forget God, you turn some other direction and turn to other gods. God would do what? Send an enemy mm-hmm. of theirs to come and to discipline them. They'd repent and say, oh, God, look what has happened to us. And then God would send the deliverer. We call it in the book of Judges, a judge to yeah. deliver them. And they went through that cycle in the book of Judges seven times, Alex. Yeah. That same cycle, it was cyclical with them. So that, that's what Gideon and Deborah and Barak and those judges were It's for. all about. And even in the period when the kings were kings, especially in the southern kingdom, the mm-hmm. Judean, Judah yeah. kingdom, you would see that enemy, Philistia, coming against them, getting their attention. 
And so God wants to get our attention so that we can follow him. Now, I don't know what he's going to use in our lives, but he will use difficulties in our lives. They can be physical. They can be emotional. They can be relational. They can be financial. All of these issues will come into our lives, and we say, okay, God, the first thing is do we say why? I think why is a good question. But, God, what, what do you, I, I think the best question is what. Yeah. What do I need to do? Do I need to confess a sin? Do I need to turn from a relationship? Do I need to do and and do something with someone, commit someone uh, to following him, Christ greater? So it's why, what? I think those are questions you should ask yourself when you find difficulty coming in your life as a believer, Alex. Amen. And uh, I, I think God will guide you. Now, let me share with you, when you pray that, I think you need two things to help you. One is an open Bible. You're reading the Bible. It's amazing what God will show you while you're reading the Bible on a daily basis. He'll show you. And the other one is have an accountability partner. Yeah. We got blind spots. Right. And some of those blind spots can. Have you ever had a wreck because of a blind spot? Yes, I have. I have. And so because of your blind spot spiritually, or yeah. whatever, you can have a wreck. But have someone there to say, hey, Bert, don't turn now. Don't, yeah. There's somebody over there. So we do need that person of accountability, Alex. Well, you don't hear this much anymore, but used to, I remember as a boy, I heard preachers talk about sins of commission and sins of omission. A sin of commission is something that you did that you ought not do. A sin of omission is something you should be doing that you're not doing. <laughs> yeah. And listen, let's, let's be quick to repent and quick. To turn back to Christ. Do you want to finish First John here Let's, in the next segment? We can do it. We'll not be taking calls, but we hope you'll listen as we finish the gospel, uh, the letter of First John. Thanking, we'll be right back. You know, Bert and I are just enjoying that music as we come back to Exploring the Word. So glad you're listening. And we're wrapping up First John chapter 5, again, coming to you from the National Religious Broadcasters in Orlando, Florida. And uh, keep it in prayer, folks. I'm just praying that there'll be revival and God will really move in this place. Um, we were talking about salvation and this um, truth you don't hear talked about much about a sin unto death. But verse... 17 and 18 and following. It says, all unrighteousness is sin. That's true. Unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. Okay. Uh, it is possible for a Christian to get so far down the river of carnality and disobedience that God might take their life and we're to confront them, pray for them. And then, uh, even though sin is a serious thing, Christians sin. And so we are to keep, as they, they used to say, short accounts with God yeah. every day. Turn back to God. Now, verse 18, and this is a deep truth, and I, I want to make sure we talk about what this truly means. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, 
and that wicked one touch him not. Okay, uh, there's a lot here. Uh, whoever is born of God, because you're positionally in Christ, you're not in sin anymore. Now, we are to keep ourselves, in other words, restrain ourselves. Uh, Paul writes about possessing our vessel. In other words, the body we live in. Bert, there is a lot about our identity as a born-again believer, but then our walk as an obedient disciple, all in one verse, 1 John five eighteen. I would agree, and it also has the idea of not continuing in sin. Listen, if you sin and you continually commit that sin, no, nothing of conviction, no sorrow of real sorrow of heart, uh, you need to check up, see if you've ever really been born again. Yeah. And I say that as, as thoughtfully and as lovingly as I can. But in Christ, we are, he sees us as those that we, he has forgiven. Just like when the Passover took place, when he saw the blood on the doorpost, on the lentils, he went over and passed over. No death of the firstborn male in that family. What a treat it was. But we know everyone who is born of God. There's those words. He uses that word no over 30 times in the book of 1 John. In this little book, yes. he uses that word over 30 times, Alex. And and so, you know, people talking about reading John. Uh, well, he's, he's simple. Listen, when you read these last seven verses in John, oh, man. I would say, I'd, I'd beg to differ. Yeah. And, but it is, you don't continue in sin. God has given us of his spirit. Now notice, and the evil one does not touch us. Mm. Satan does not touch us. You remember Job. I think you've got to go back to Job to get the, you know, this, yes. this passage when the, Lucifer came to God and said, the only reason that Job is serving you is because you're so good to him. If you'd let me add him, I'll show you some things. He'll curse you to your face and die. And God says, you, have, you can go at him, but there's limits. There's something you can do, but you can't go that far. And so here it is. God has set us aside as followers of Christ that, yes, we can be tempted. Yes, we can sin. Yes, we can come short of meeting up to the expectations. But guess what? The evil one's not going to touch you. You're mine. Amen. You're mine. I've got, it's like a claim jumper. I know I love old westerns. I know uh, me you too. Do too. Yeah. Claim jumpers, you know. Oh, that's right. You go out and you stake out your mine. Yeah. Uh, you stake protect, your claim. You stake that claim. God has staked his claim on those that know him, and claim jumpers doesn't stand a chance. You know, and Satan is a liar. You know, Satan is the father of lies, and he gets people. This is why, folks, you need to be in the Word every day uh, because you'll get nuggets. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher. But here's the thing. People that um, are born again, Christians, but neglect the Word, and they forget what Peter calls the exceeding great precious promises. Um, they, they forget whose they are. They forget how secure they are. Now, let me flip back for just a second. I want to read something from Hebrews chapter 3, um, talking about yielding to the Holy Spirit. And it says, exhort one another daily. Uh, this is Hebrews 3.13. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And it goes on, and uh, this is a, a quote from the Old Testament from Numbers. 
While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. And it goes on in Hebrews 3, and it says that they did not enter into their, the rest mm. because of unbelief. And so, look, when you're getting under conviction and the Holy Spirit is sort of tapping you on the shoulder, and maybe this broadcast is being used by God to do that, you say, you know what, I really I need to rein it in here, and I need to let Jesus be my Lord again, and I need, I've neglected my prayer life, and I've neglected the Word. And I really, I need to get my family in church. I mean, you know, the, yeah. see, these disciplines. Sins of omission and commission, like you were talking others. Yeah. Sometimes it's saying what you haven't done. He says, you, you, need to get your, you need to get your family in church. Yeah. Sometimes it's the things you've done. He says, man, you don't need to watch that program anymore. You, yeah. don't, need, you don't need to listen to that song anymore. Exactly. You know, you catch it. Isn't that exactly well, what we were talking about earlier? And, you know, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, talked about um, being mindful of, listen, the habits of godliness. Yeah. <laughs> and so what Hebrews 3 is saying, and I think it really does uh, harmonize so well with First John 5, do not harden your heart against God, as in the day of provocation, when the children of Israel provoked the Lord. And I'm not saying they didn't go to heaven, but they didn't enter into the the land of milk and honey. And folks, I believe God has uh, milk and honey for you. And by that, I mean... Good, Not garlic good and onions. No. Now, I got to say that. You remember when they got out it, and they wanted to go back to, Egypt. to give up to milk and honey and go back to garlics and onion. Yeah. Now, I, you know... I'm like... Why? You really do need to get on your knees and <laughs> yeah, pray. you do. But, um, it goes on and it says this... Um, Verse 19, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. All right, let's talk about this. Verse 19 says the whole world lies in wickedness. See, why would a child of God want to be worldly when he told us back in verse uh, 15 of chapter 2, the world is passing away. Uh, Here he says in verse 19 of chapter 5, the world lies in wickedness. See, folks, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that's not who you are anymore. You got a new identity. You're of Christ, the true God. You're in Christ, which is the truth. Your home is heaven. Your identity is is with the Lord now. Our, our behavior ought to be in harmony with that, shouldn't there, it? Our walk and our talk needs to be consistent. Yeah. They need to be in harmony with one another. And, and so we find out again, no, 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 these things. I, I think John here at the last, this last part of the letter is driving this home. And I do think, and, and I don't mean I, want, don't want to, I don't want to skip verse 20, Guard yourselves from idols. That's that's what he said. He said, guys, don't be fooled. And I think you got to go back to the Old Testament. You got to go back to the children of Israel. How they would be they they would be led astray by Baal. Uh, astra- I mean, they'd be led astray by these false gods, these idols that have what nothing. Now here's 
I want to remind everyone of this that took place in the Bible. Uh, Saul was, the King Saul was wanting to win the battle, and he was being beaten. And so he said, you know, if I bring the Ark of the Covenant out here, you know, uh, we'll win. That would be my lucky charm. That would be my lucky charm, my rabbit suit. And if you remember, it was taken. Taken, and the enemy took it to the Temple of Dagon. Yeah. And they set it up there. Look at all the things that we have. Another, another God added to their list. We got one more trophy. We got one more trophy. Now, what happened to Dagon the next morning, Alex? Paint this picture. Isn't this? Oh wow! And and by the way, you think (laughs) about this. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, of course, represented the true and living God, presence of God, power of God, right there. Dagon was this man with a fish head. (laughs) That's it. A fish god. And uh, if I recall, the next morning, the statue had been knocked over. And then the next day after that, he was knocked over and his hands were broken off. That's right. Then the next day after that, they kept setting him back up. Set, and, set a, that's the fun. I mean, I hate to laugh at this, but they set their God back on his pedestal. They did. And the third day, his head was smashed. Yeah. In other words, look, the true. why, if you can know the true and living eternal God... Why would you settle for the finite, temporary, fallen things of this world? Guard yourself against those idols because they do not bring peace. They do not bring what you need into your life. So his whole idea here as he gets through, and again, verse 20. Now I want to go back to verse 20 because I think it really sets it up. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one, that is, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Guard yourself against Amen. idols, guys. That's what he said. Don't, don't be led astray. Isn't that what he said earlier? He said, they could, the evil one will try to lead you astray. Don't be led astray. Stay with God. You know how uh, the Bible talks about um, Cain and Abel. You know, and the Bible talks about Esau, you know, and selling out your birthright for a mess of pottage. Uh, I think there are a lot of Christians that, have, yes, they accepted Christ at some point and they are ch- children of the king. But yet they have basically betrayed their birthright as a Christian. Now, it says we know that the son of God has come. See, Jesus did come and he rose from the dead and his tomb is empty. And, folks, we, all, we could add to it. We don't add to, but we could also say we know that the Son of God is coming again. <laughs> and, boy, I love this. The Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. We wouldn't even have that if God See, didn't give it to us. Listen, brothers and sisters, we know the story. We know that Jesus has come. We're secure in Christ. I want to go back to Galatians. You know, it's amazing to me how John, Paul, Peter, Jude— all of these New Testament writers, what they've written just so um, meshes with each other. Galatians 1.4, Paul had written this. Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God our Father. Now, First John 5 over here says, the whole world lies in wickedness. And the Son of God has come, has given us life has given us truth because he is truth, has given us understanding. This is the true God and eternal life. Therefore, verse 21, believers, keep yourself from idols. Amen. 
Alex, uh, John writes this. Let's do a summary real quick. John is writing to believers, and it's called a general epistle. But I believe he did, did have some people in mind, you know, like we, you know. And he was telling them, I'm writing you that you can know what life is all about. Life is about following Jesus Christ. And you can know him when you love the brethren. You know you know him when you keep his commandments. You know you know him when you have understanding. All of these things, John writes and says, there's a better way. Follow it. Following Christ is the best thing you can do. And those of you who are listening on the radio right now and you're discouraged, uh, listen, I understand discouragement. All of us get there from time to time. But God is the God who can deliver you and will deliver you. Trust him. Stay with him. Don't bail out. Don't, what is it? Guard yourselves from idols. Don't start trusting in something else. Yes. Stay with God. He'll see you through. Well, and verse 18, it said, Everybody who has this hope, in other words, born again, keeps himself. And then he says, keep yourself. So, um, from temptation, from discouragement, we can talk about keeping ourselves. I'm going to ask this, and you're a pastor. I have such respect for you, Bert. I really do. What about just spiritual laziness? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, to maintain a daily quiet time, that takes commitment. To uh, stir yourself. The old King James says, bestir yourself. <laughs> to, to read the Bible. To pray. Um, maybe even to start keeping a, a prayer list and write names down or things you're praying for. So, Bert, in, in this thing of keeping ourselves, you know, being moral, being godly, I think we could understand how... When we're at a decision point, we need to do what's right. But how do we motivate ourselves and not get apathy and laziness and just just coasting? How do we avoid that? Listen, I do it the way Charles Spurgeon said he did it. He said, the way I keep myself going strong with the Lord, two things, knowing that he's coming back at any time and you want to be ready and knowing the price he paid for me on the cross. If those two things do not motivate you, you need to check up to see if you've really been born again. Amen. Well, gratitude that he gave his life on the cross and reality that he is coming back. Are, Are you ready? You can make ready today. He's as close by as a prayer. This has been Exploring the Word, coming to you live from the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Florida. Alex and Bert, so honored that you've been listening, and all this great programming is coming to you from AFA. I'll be back in an hour on the Hamilton Corner, but Bert, we're blessed to do this, aren't we? We are, and thank you for listening, and may God bless you. Tell someone about Exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.